Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Severn Run. How are you guys doing? Somebody back there is doing really awesome. That's good. And by the time we leave here today, I hope you all feel like that. So uh, if, even if you're not feeling fantastic yet, let me just say this. You look good. I mean, I'm looking around. I'm not just saying that. You look good. Give yourselves a hand for looking good. Just... So, um, well, good morning, and uh, be, continue to be in prayer. Our Ethiopia team is going to be uh, headed back. They may be on a plane right now, um, but uh, headed back, and they'll be back in here tomorrow into Dulles, and uh, Dr. Drew is on that, so uh, as a result, I have the great opportunity to be able to come and uh, to be able to uh, share with you guys today. Hasn't this been a great series so far, Inspired, huh? How many of you have felt inspired? Seriously, God has spoken to you in some really, really unique way. He has sparked something in you to say, hey, let's go. Let's make 2020 different than any of the others. Anybody feel like that, huh? You feel like that? Good. Here's the other reality. The other reality is there's probably some of you that this has been a pretty tough series for. Because of whatever you're going through, because of whatever life has thrown your direction, you have sat through this series still feeling uninspired. Maybe even right now as you heard people clapping and and, and you've walked by the sparks on the wall out there and you've seen the light bulbs that are in the inspiration board, as you've noticed all that, maybe there's even kind of a sense of envy inside of you that has said, "Why, why can't I feel that way? What is holding me back? What is keeping me from being able to be inspired? Because inspiration is one of those things that, that God, he just, he just pours it out. I mean, it, it, is, it is pouring out all around us all the time. There is no lack of it, but all too often in life, we can walk through life without ever experiencing any of it, without ever really feeling any of it. So what could be holding us back? What could be keeping us from being able to have all the fun and the excitement that is living the inspired life? Well, I think my kids have taught me something about this. Spring is coming. How many of you are excited about that? We love spring in our house. We love spring, and I love a good spring um, thunderstorm. I've talked to you guys about that before. My wife and I, we are storm chasers, and, and uh, you know, we, 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 it's, it's big time for us. But um, we don't just like to, like, look at the storm or the spring rain. Sometimes we like to get involved in it. In fact, uh, here's, here's some realities from, from when my kids were younger. One of the fun things that we like to try to do uh, together. Uh, this is our approach to the spring rain. We, we like to get out in it. Um, you know, most families have family portraits. This is literally our family portrait. Like, this is on our wall in our living room. Uh, check that out. Yeah, this is, this is our type of fun. Uh, we like to have a good time. You know, there's something about, there's something about just being willing to, <laughs> wow, pray for me. Uh, 
there is something about just being willing to just walk out in it, right? To say, forget it. I don't care if I do get wet. Bring it on. So I thought, hey, let's give it a try this morning. What do you think? Huh? Don't you, doesn't this look like fun? We set this up perfect. Because uh, I am all about some inspiration, aren't you? I am all about having a little bit of fun in life. Some of you look like, some of you have this look right now. Like, he is going to die. Don't worry, we have, we have we've removed all electrical equipment from around me, I believe. I mean, this looks like fun, doesn't it? I mean, wouldn't it make your day if they turned that bad boy on right now? Don't you dare. <laughs> wouldn't it make your day? Huh? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm going to let them turn it on. But I'm going to do a little something first. If you don't mind, just give me a second here to get uh, properly prepared. I'm good. Let's go. You don't think they'll really do it, do you? Uh Uh-huh. Hey, folks, can I I just say, um, wouldn't this be a lot more fun if I just, like, removed the umbrella? Huh? I mean, life is about getting inspired, isn't it? It's about being willing to get wet. But all too often, all too often, we protect ourselves. We protect ourselves from what God is trying to do inside of our lives. We miss out on all the fun that we could be having because we stick on our spiritual rain jackets. God is constantly pouring out inspiration. If you were noticing this morning as you were driving in, you would have been able to see the inspiration of God that was all around you. If you're really taking the time to be present with your wife and with your husband and with your kids, then you will be able to see and notice all of the inspiration that's pouring out around you. But all too often, we stick on our spiritual rain jackets. And we look at all the fun and all the excitement and all the pictures that we could be able to look back on and we say, you know what? I don't want to do that because I don't want to get wet because getting wet is uncomfortable because getting wet is scary. So what may some of our spiritual rain jackets be? Well, I'll tell you a few that I have noticed along the way in being involved in pastoral work. A few of the spiritual rain jackets I've seen people wear are oftentimes past hurts and regrets that aren't allowing you to see what really could be. We get so focused in on what has gone wrong in our life. That time when we got fired, that time when maybe we were, we were, the terrib- we were on the terrible end of some type of abuse that took place in our lives. Whether it was the fact that we grew up in a, in a household that was unloving or uncaring, we get so caught up inside of the past hurts and the regrets that what it causes us to want to do is to protect ourselves from the rest of life. And we put on spiritual rain jackets rather than being able to see that everything that we've experienced in life 
God has allowed because it has allowed you to become exactly who you are. You are a special creation of our Heavenly Father. And everything that you have endured has been a shaping that has taken place in your life. It's a matter of doing the math. Your past adds up to who you are now. Well, you look, you might look at you and say, well, I don't like who I am now. Well, let me just go ahead and, and say then you need, to, you need to pay attention to what your heavenly father thinks about you. Because in his eyes, you're loved. In his eyes, you were created with a purpose to be able to do great things for him. You know, one of the people that I admire the most in terms of having dealt with their past is our pastor. Dr. Drew Schaffner. Many times he has stood up here and he's alluded to the fact that he grew up in an alcoholic home and the fact that he grew up kind of feeling like he was unnoticed and unloved. And yet through all of that, he has come to be one of the greatest spiritual teachers, mentors, men of God that I've ever had the opportunity to know. And the truth is, if he had not experienced all of those things of his past... He would not be the deeply caring man that he is today. Because when he looks out at this audience every Sunday morning, when he passes you in the atrium, when, when he comes to visit you in the hospital, when he's there to care for you, he deeply empathizes with you because he has felt the way that you have felt. Because he has hurt the way that you, have, that you have hurt. And you know what? Our past regrets and our past hurts, if we will allow them, we can take off the spiritual rain jacket, and we can begin to be inspired and realize that God can use all of those things too. That's just one of the spiritual rain jackets I see people put on. Another one is tough situations that you may be in right now that you're misinterpreting. Some disease that you're up against, some difficult financial situation that you might be in, something that just doesn't feel like it's sitting well inside of your soul some relationship struggle that you're going through, then the facts are you may be misinterpreting those things. You may be looking at those things as if they are all bad, as if they are designed, if they've been put in your life in order to be able to destroy you, to be able to, you may be feeling right now that, hey, listen, there is no tomorrow in this. There's no hope in this. But all of that would be a great misinterpretation of the hard times that you might be experiencing. Because all of those hard times can be taking you somewhere. They can be allowing you to be able to, to, to see the beauty. They could be literally your opportunity. God could be providing these hard times, your opportunity to be able to take off the spiritual rain jacket, to stand out in the storm and have a picture to take that you can share for the future. You, this, just this last week, I had the opportunity to be able to go to see uh, Lanny Dennis. How many of you know Lanny? Lanny usually sits right down here on Sunday morning. It's been a few Sunday mornings since he's been here. The reason why is because he, he's suffering pretty, pretty seriously right now. So the first thing I would ask that you would do is to pray for, for Lanny. He's an amazing man with an amazing story. And, and, and even if you don't know Lanny, if you've ever been here before and he's been in this service, it's, he's usually in the 930, then you know Lanny. Right? He's the, one, he's the one that Dr. Drew and I usually have a conversation with at some point during the message. 
I told Lanny the other day when I went to see him, I said, Lanny, if I could get every single individual who sits in an audience to be you, wouldn't we have fun? He is an amazing, amazing spirit. And you know something? Can I tell you, when I went to see him in the hospital the other day, he's laying there with some pretty severe things going on in his life. And when I was sitting there with him in the hospital, can I tell you, there was nothing different, nothing different in his spirit than when he's sitting right there on Sunday morning feeling good. You know why? Because Danny, through all of his suffering, And his trials, I was talking with his younger son and his younger son looked and he said, you know, I've never known my dad when he wasn't sick. And yet through all of those sufferings and all of those trials and all of those difficult situations, Lanny has found a way to take off the spiritual rain jacket and just get soaked in this beautiful thing that we get to do life. To be inspired so much that just this last year he released his book telling his life story in order that he might be able to try to inspire some others. These tough situations, you don't have to misinterpret. Maybe it's time to take off, maybe it's time to think a little bit differently. Some other spiritual rain jackets I've encountered are strong opinions that you hold keeping you from more relevant truths. Opinions that you hold. You realize a large majority of the opinions that most of us have may or may not be true. I mean, that's hard to deal with sometimes, right? And the opinions that I see people hold oftentimes, they can be religious opinions. They can be, they can be thoughts and, and, and ways that we think about God that, that aren't quite there. I mean, I grew up in a religious background that was really, really interested in the truth of the judgment of God, but it was very, very uninterested in the truth of the love of God. And the last time I checked... Love is that which everything grows from. Even the judgment of God grows from his love. So sometimes our opinions, even religiously, can be holding us back. Sometimes our political opinions can be the things that are holding us back. You're like, he's not going to do it. He's not going to go there. No, I won't go too far. (laughs) I'm smarter than that. Most days. But sometimes, seriously, our our political opinions can be the things that are holding us back. I mean, we can watch the news and we can watch what's happening and we can see what's going on inside of our culture and we just kind of form these one-liners, don't we? Like, you know, here's my one-liner to take on this massively huge, complex subject. You know, I was involved in the political world for a very, very long time and the one thing that it taught me is I knew nothing about anything. I'm serious. Once you get in there, some of these things, some of these opinions that you hold politically speaking, can I just tell you, they're silly. And a lot of the political stuff that we're about to engage in over the months, quite frankly, when it's all in, because they are complex, they are huge, they are massive. Some of, your, some of your political opinions may be holding you back from actually living out and being inspired, inspired and living out the love of God in people's lives in a real way. Because you have an opinion over here that says this is the reality of those people. And when it's all said and done, Jesus just said, love that person right there in front of you. Some of it 
has to do with our prejudices. You know, it's real easy to constantly walk around. It's, it's only natural for we as human beings as we're walking around day to day, right? I mean, every time you see somebody new, you start to, in some way, shape, or form, judge them through your lens, don't you? And you start looking at them and you start to say, that's who they must be. That, that, that's what their life must be like. And the craziest part is you can do that without ever even noticing the individual. And then when you take that to the whole next level and you start judging people based off of the color of their skin or their socioeconomic background or whatever it may be, then it just gets crazier and crazier. We just constantly want to judge. We want to think we are the ones that know, but oftentimes us thinking that we're the ones that know the person without taking the time to sit down and find out who the person is, guess what? That leads us to being uninspired. It leads us to not being able to truly make a difference in their lives. And then the number one spiritual jacket I think I see most people wear is not believing that you're deeply, infinitely, truly loved by God. That'll keep you from having fun in life. That'll keep you from enjoying everything it is that that he has to be able to offer you. You say, how can, I start to, how can I start to notice that though? How can I, how can I start to really believe that, that, that God loves me? Well, maybe, maybe do this. Maybe quit looking for God in all of the big things all the time. I'm serious. Most of us have said, I will believe that God loves me if, and it's usually some grandiose thing. You know, I will know that God will really love me if all of a sudden, man, I win the lottery without buying a ticket. It'll be a miracle. They'll just call me up and say, it's yours. Like we're looking for God in these grandiose ways. We're looking for the neon sign in the sky that says, hey, listen, I love you. Maybe it's time to start to listen to God in the really, really, really tiny, small whispers. Maybe it's time to start to notice all of the little things that are happening in your life all the time in which God is whispering, I love you. You know, one way, and I've shared this with you before, one way that he whispers, I love you in a moment by moment basis is this little thing called 17 to 26,000 times today you will do that, depending on how good of shape you're in. 17 to 26,000 times today, you will breathe in and you will breathe out. And most of us won't ever even take the time to sit down long enough to notice that. And yet 17,000 to 26,000 times a day, God is whispering through your lungs, through your mouth, I love you. Maybe it's time to take off of our spiritual rain jackets and recognize how much God truly loves us. So if you're daring enough, there's a way to do this. In fact, I think, it's, I think it's kind of seen through the story of one man in Scripture. And many of you, you were sitting out there already. You were judging me. You were saying, was he ever going to get to the Bible? The answer is yes. There's this guy in Scripture, and he's living a pretty decent life by all the accounts of everybody who was around him. I mean... 
you know, it would seem that his family probably liked him well enough. He, he led well in all of his religious duties. He, he, paid, he paid his tithes and his taxes. I'm sure he tossed a couple of bucks here and there to the, uh, to the uh, homeless guy on the street, and he studied daily. I mean, this guy was a daily studier. This was one of those guys that if you want to talk about going deeper, man, he was all about going deeper. Daily he studied the Old Testament. He was a good guy. But as this story unfolds, I get a real sense that this guy, I get a real sense that this guy was feeling like many of us might be feeling at the end of this message series. Uninspired. That he was kind of getting up and he was doing his religious duties every day and he was doing what he was supposed to be doing, but he just felt like something wasn't quite there, something wasn't quite right, that there's got to be more to this entire life than what it is that I'm experiencing. And then one day, he hears of this teacher. And he gets interested and he gets intrigued by this particular teacher. And he says, you know, I got to go find out. It sounds to me like he might understand what I'm missing inside of my life. And I got to go to him and I got to find out what it is that it might be. And so we arrive at John uh, chapter 3, kind of beginning in verse 1. And I I just want to put a warning label on this story real quick. We're going to read verses 1 through 17 and, and, and kind of, you know, just do it slowly for a second. Don't worry, I'll go through the points faster. But we're going to read through it slowly for a second because I want you to just kind of like take this passage in. Because I'm not going to lie to you folks, as I read this, this passage is weird. Seriously, this is a strange story. And man, I know, you know, I... I I know a lot of people might just try to like go quickly or, and, and pastors, they go to Strong's Concordance or they go to, you know, other, uh, other uh, commentaries and what they've learned in seminary and all that type of thing. But man, I, you know, I, as, as I read this, I'm like, nothing explains this incredibly well. Sometimes Jesus was just so cryptic. And I think he was like that on purpose because he kind of wanted to wait and see if you were far enough on your journey toward him to get it or not. And in this particular passage, it's just weird. So there's going to be some weird stuff. And you're going to say, explain it. I'm going to say, no. (laughs) Keep reading it. Keep breathing with it. Keep seeing where it takes you. But here's the story. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. Thus, all of his serious study, right? After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Notice Nicodemus hadn't even had the time to get a question out yet, had he? He hadn't even had time to tell him while he was there yet. Jesus just pops right into this one. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. That's easy enough to understand, right? What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God 
without being born of water and the Spirit, dare I say, you know, that's how you become inspired. Humans can reproduce only human life. Our opinions can only produce what we're in the middle of right now. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life, to a new way of understanding, to a way of taking off the spiritual rain jacket and enjoying the 100% inspiration of God. So don't be surprised when I say to you, you must be born again. Kind of like Nicodemus, how can you not be getting this? The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. I mean, you would expect Jesus at this moment, right? Like this is his big moment. This is Jesus's opportunity to be able to look at Nicodemus and say, here's exactly what it means to be born again. And those of us who have grown up in church all of our lives, man, we'd be able to throw off the formula, wouldn't we? Either that or we'd grab a connect card and we'd look on the back because the formula's there. But that's not what Jesus' approach is here with Nicodemus, is it? Because Jesus recognizes that Nicodemus has lived a, bit, has lived a life that has been filled with religious formulas. That it has been filled with, here's exactly what to do and how to do it if you want to love God and if you want God to love you. That has been Nicodemus' entire journey up until this point. And so Jesus just kind of like, he throws away all of the formulas and he looks at him and he says, um, he looks at him and he says, so don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Well, thank you very much, Jesus. Huh? To which Nicodemus just gets a little bit more confused. He says, how are these things possible, Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, you're a respected Jewish teacher. You're... You're the, you're the guy that knows it all. You know all the formulas. Why are you coming to me? And yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? If you're not willing to... If you're not willing to throw off your spiritual rain jacket, Nicodemus, of your past and your religious opinions and all of those types of things, Nicodemus, if you're not willing to to do that, I, I got nothing for you. No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus left heaven. He came to us because we were a whole planet filled with people walking around with spiritual rain jackets. 
not living out the inspiration of God, not knowing what kingdom life is all about, thinking that we could reach for knowledge, thinking that we could reach for just knowing more, and some way, somehow, we would be transformed. And Jesus comes from heaven to say, that's not it. The way forward is love. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, not to walk around and form an opinion about every single individual that we see. Not to look at every single individual and say, well, they're living a good life and they're not. Jesus did not come to judge the world, but to save the world through him, to offer them into kingdom life. To say, you don't have to live uninspired anymore. You don't have to live unfun. You don't have to live getting up every day just hoping to make it through. No, take off the spiritual rain jacket already. Take off all the things that you know. Take off all the things that you think and all the judgments that you've come to. And walk into inspiration. Walk into what the Spirit can actually do in your life. God sent not his son into the world, not to judge the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Sit with it this week. The whole passage. If it doesn't still make any sense, sit with it longer. Ask yourself this. Hey, how much am I coming to Jesus like Nicodemus? But I will tell you this. I don't think this is a bad story about Nicodemus. In fact, I think it's a, I think it's a, a great story about Nicodemus. Because I think through the life of Nicodemus, we can learn just a couple of things that he was willing to do that I believe might have led to some inspiration in his life. Now, here's the craziest part. This, we get to the end of this passage right here. It, it, it unfolds for, with Jesus talking a few more verses, and then it just stops. We don't ever know, according to this passage, what happened to Nicodemus. But I'm willing to bet you it turned out okay. That's just my speculation. And the real reason why I'm willing to bet that is because Nicodemus did a few things that I think that you and I need to be willing to do if we're going to take off our spiritual rain jackets and get inspired. Number one, in verse two, it says, after dark, one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Keeping in mind, Nicodemus, Pharisee, Right? reputation to maintain. He's got to maintain the reputation of the fact that he's got this thing under control. He knows what he's talking about. He's a go-to guy in terms of what's taking place in the world politically and spiritually of the times. I mean, he's a recognized community leader. He's got to maintain the status of, hey, listen, I, I, I know what's going on. It's a, it's a risky thing for him to go to somebody else and call him rabbi teacher. Because Nicodemus would have been looked at as a rabbi teacher. So for him to submit himself to Jesus in this way is a pretty big step for Nicodemus. He's coming to Jesus after dark, which means he probably didn't want to be seen. He probably didn't want anybody to notice. But I just got to tell you, I think the more that he heard these stories about who Jesus was and what Jesus could do in his life, he was just getting so excited. He could not help himself. So if after dark was what it's going to take, who cares? If after dark is what it's going to take in your life, who cares? Be willing, number one, to get uncomfortable. 
If you're feeling uninspired, it probably means that your ego is way too comfortable somewhere in your life. You probably think that you've got it all together and that you've already solved all of the world's issues. And as a result, guess what? You're comfortable. You're going to have to step outside of that fear zone and you're going to have to be willing to get uncomfortable in much the same way that Jesus did. You know, one of my challenges to many people nowadays because I've learned the importance of sitting still. Be still and know that I'm God. It's been one of the great things that God has taught me throughout my own recovery. Just being still, noticing my breath and just not always talking to God out loud and telling him what it is that I hope he does for the day, but just sitting back and listening deeply to the possibilities of what he wants me to do for my day. You know, I've sat with people over and over again, a one-on-one, and said, hey, have you ever just tried breathing? Have you ever just tried to like sit there still and just notice your breath and, and breathe in and out and see what happens? Have you, ever, have you ever tried that before? Have you ever attempted this thing called contemplative prayer? And I gotta tell you, my, I, I've been, it, it's my, my, the response to that has boggled my mind. While I've had people that have engaged in that and have been like, yes, what a difference. This is amazing. I've had those stories, but I've had a lot more stories of people just looking at me. Number one, like I'm weird. I get that because I am. But people just looking at me, I've had people more more than say yes to trying it. I've had people look and say, I just don't think I can do that. I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's me. I've had people that looked and have actually told me, I'm scared of what will happen. That's true. But if you want anything in your life to change, you know what? You gotta be willing to do something that's uncomfortable. You gotta be willing to try something new to not stay the same. You gotta be willing to connect with a group. You know, here's the whole thing. We offer this thing called connect groups here at the Church of Severn Run, and we don't just do it as some type of church program. I, I, I think that all too often when we get up here and we, and we do announcements and we tell you of opportunities, it's easy. It's easy to look at those types of things and say to yourself, you know, that's just another program the church offers and I don't have time for it. But the reality is what's happening in the life of our connect groups led by, uh, you know, Amber Sanders. You all know her. She's doing a fantastic job with that ministry. And I just got to tell you what our connect groups are becoming. I know largely pours from her heart because I know what her heart is. And her heart is that every single individual that is a part of the community of the Church of Severn Run would come together in a group and find out what real relationship is all about to find out like how it can truly transform your life. Not to show up to it because it's just some good program or something that I've got to do for religious purposes, but to really come to a group, sit down with some people that are real, that are going through similar life circumstances as you, as you to kind of like open up God's word together and say, how do, we, how do we tackle this mess called life? There's those of you that, you're, you're wondering why am I not inspired because you're not around people that are inspiring. And you know what part of getting involved in a group life is all about? It's about getting involved with people that are finding inspiration their own and as a result, they can spark something inside of your life. You gotta be willing 
to get uncomfortable. You gotta, you gotta be willing to, to try it out, to, to, to come one Saturday down to the Transformation Center or to get on a plane and go to the Dominican Republic or, or, or my goodness, Ethiopia. One of the heroes of this church for me is a lady who, who, who her first missions, her first mission trip uh, was to Ethiopia. Wow. Like you could have started somewhere like easier. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's a, that's a long plane flight. And the experience there is very different than the experience here. And yet, the courage that it took to get uncomfortable and to be able to go and, and make that happen, you got to try it out. You got you to maybe get uncomfortable and roll down the window. Of while that homeless person with a sign is walking by you. And rather than go through the whole mental pro- process, right? The whole mental process of, hey, you know, I wonder what bad choices they made in life to get themselves there. <laughs> am I right? I'm serious. Am I preaching now or what, folks? We can confess that, can't we? Rather than have that type of judgment, maybe we get a little uncomfortable, we roll down the window, we slip them the $5 bill, and we say, God bless you, he loves you, I hope you have a great day. Slipping outside. Nicodemus was willing to do that. Maybe it's getting uncomfortable, You're you're, you're in the middle of addiction, and you're scared to death to walk into your first meeting of Narcotics Anonymous or AA or Celebrate Recovery or whatever it may be. Maybe you're scared of that. I got you. I've been there. I sat there, on, I sat there before my first AA meeting with tears rolling down my face. I didn't know if I could walk in. But there's hope in there if you're willing to get uncomfortable. Maybe it's just time to go to your counselor. Let's face it, your spouse has been telling you to do it for years. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with a counselor. Every human being on the planet needs one. Because we've all been through stuff. Maybe it's time to just go ahead and set the appointment. Nicodemus was willing to get uncomfortable. He was also willing to ask questions and not just state his opinion. He was willing to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I don't know it all. Please just help me out. He said to Jesus after Jesus' opening statement, hey, what do you mean? So what do you think? In fact, can I just go ahead and tell you, maybe this week, maybe here's the, here's, the, here's the challenge to start your practice in this way. Maybe this week you go through the week and you just ask yourself the question. You say, hey, uh, what do you think? Rather than tell anybody what you think, maybe you go through the week and you say, hey, what do you think? You don't like that one, do you? Your spouse likes that one a lot. But you may not like that one. Maybe rather than the huge diatribe on Facebook as to what you think, maybe ask some other people. Well, maybe not, not on Facebook. He was also willing to listen to the answers that came. You know what I love about this particular passage? It's really subtle. Not one of those things that you would notice a whole lot. Uh, but the fact is that, that, that Nicodemus um, questions 
are only three questions and they come in only two verses of this passage. Jesus' answers come in 16 verses of this, of this chapter. Nicodemus got quiet and he let Jesus talk. Now there's a thought, right? Nicodemus got quiet and he let Jesus do all of the talking. So here are my questions to you folks. You really want to start to live a life that's inspired. You really want to live a life in such a way that you can take some pictures of it and you can look back on with incredible happiness and, and, and with great joy. Then maybe you need to ask yourself the question, what makes you uncomfortable? And maybe you should try it. Whatever the thing is. You should ask yourself the question, what are you afraid of? And maybe you should face it. You should ask yourself the question, what answers don't you want to hear? What's the other side of the story that I really don't want to listen to because I already know I don't need to listen. Maybe it's time to be quiet and to hear what somebody else thinks, even if it's your enemy. Maybe it's time to listen. I may have shared this story with you before, and if I have, oh well. I'm in my first day of rehab. There's 300 of us in the room. Guys on one side, girls on the other. Speaker comes in. Walks up to the podium. He's a recovering addict himself. I don't remember his name. I don't remember anything else he said except for the first thing that he said. He stood up in front of that podium and he said, welcome to rehab. Your best thinking got you here. My first response to that was rain jacket. I had it fully on. Who did this guy think he was? As if he knows me. This guy doesn't know me. He doesn't know what I've been through. He doesn't know how smart I am or I'm not. How dare him think that my best thinking is what got him here? He has no idea where my best thinking got. And man, I started letting the ego go. I started letting the ego think about all the great things that, that, that I had done in life. And then he kept talking and I kept not listening because I was mad inside. I was having an argument with this guy that he couldn't even hear. And the longer I had this argument, I started to think to myself, you know what? I, I guess my best thinking did get me here. And by the time his, his talk was over, I was just sitting there like, what? I'm an idiot. I've made it all the way this far in life and I'm in rehab. Like that's how I felt. Like this is what it's come to. My best thinking really did get me here. But can I tell you what that moment did for me? What that moment did for me was make me think to myself, then maybe I got to stop thinking for a while. Maybe I got to let some other amazing people do some thinking for me. Maybe I don't know it all. Maybe I don't have it all figured out. Maybe there's an entire infinity of God available for learning that I have not even begun to tap myself into because I thought I had it all done when I finished Bible college. Maybe I should listen. And that day I began to re-examine everything in my entire life. Folks, I'm gonna say something scary. I even re-examined Jesus. Laid it all down day by day. 
And I even re-asked myself the question of, does Jesus even work for me? And as I began to read the Bible that way, and I began to have some other amazing people speak into my life, you know what? I found out Jesus did work for me. The real Jesus. Not the one that I had fabricated in my mind for years. Not the one I thought I knew or that I could tell you a lot about, historically speaking, but the real Jesus. The real Jesus that says, take off that jacket already. Can't you see that I'm trying to inspire you? Can't you see that I don't want you to live life all protected? That there's amazing that is out there for you? Just take the jacket off already and get wet. Let my spirit soak you. I'm gonna ask us all if we would please to stand this morning. And as the music just plays kind of softly, I just want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And if you're inspired today and you were inspired before you came in here and you've been living 2020 inspired, praise God for you. Keep at it. Keep staying open. Keep living uncomfortably. Keep asking the questions. Keep discovering what the potential that lies out there is. And if you're uninspired today, I'm going to ask you to get a little uncomfortable. You're saying, hey, listen, I'm struggling through some of that. I'm going to ask ask, uh, some of our staff to come on down if they would please and join us here at the front. But maybe you want to pray with somebody. We're going to make that available to you today. But but if you're just out there today, and you don't have to pray with anybody here, but if if you're out there today and you're saying, I'm just struggling with inspiration, I'm just going to ask you to come forward right now. Just step out, get uncomfortable, it's okay. You're doing it in the dark just like Nicodemus. And you know what? Jesus smiled at that. You're saying, hey, listen, because I want to, in just a moment, I want to pray for you and I want to pray for inspiration in your life. If that's you, feel free. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning that you did not just put us on this planet and abandon us. Thank you, Jesus, that you 
didn't just allow us to walk around down here confused, unhappy, and ignorant of all that is available to us. But thank you that you sent your only son to show us how life could be lived, to show us how things could be different, to show us how we could be inspired. God, I pray that we'll, each one of us here today, that we would follow the example of Nicodemus. And that Jesus, that we would not hold back. That we wouldn't be afraid. That wherever we find ourselves on our journey, whether it's in the middle of difficult circumstances, whether it's in the middle of past regrets and failures and hurts, God, that we wouldn't let any of these things keep us from becoming all that it is that you want us to become. Help us to realize that no matter where we are today, that our best thinking got us to that point. And that, Lord Jesus, we need your thinking. God, today, as a church, we just want to take off our spiritual rain jackets. It's time to get wet. It's time to become all that you've called us to become. Help us to do that today in your power and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.